1: Talk is Jericho, baby, Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, Mama, Talk is me. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pod of Thunder and Rock and Roll, and all I can say is on this Thanksgiving holiday weekend is America, we are so thankful for the Duff McKagan joke of the week. <laughs>
0: Hey, Chris Jericho, Jeff McKagan calling you. Hey, I don't know if I ever told you the story of Freddie Mercury went into a Greek restaurant and he was finish, finishing his meal and the waiter came um, with two plates to break, you know, the Greek tradition. And uh, Freddie Mercury said, could I have one more? The waiter said, why? He said, I want to break three. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving,
1: everybody. Oh, that was... <laughs> I want to break three. <laughs> Oh, that was really good. Thanks to Duff, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, uh, bass player extraordinaire, and purveyor of ridiculously stupid jokes. Uh, hope Duff and his family had a great Thanksgiving in Seattle, if that's where they are. And I hope you're having a great Thanksgiving wherever you are. And uh, I hope you did have a great Thanksgiving. And remember, it's Black Friday, too. Black Friday. And if you're glued to your computer screen doing a little online shopping, let me make it easy for you. I got a couple things I gotta promote here. Uh got everybody on your list, something from my new clothing line, Painmaker Apparel. Go to Painmaker.store. Uh, t-shirts, hoodies, tracksuits, sweatsuits, all based on my time and uh, tours of Japan. Very, very cool stuff. Go check that out at painmaker.store. And if you're shopping for someone a little extra special, get them a little bit of the bubbly. To go along with the new Painmaker Threads, you can order that at uh, littlebitofthebubbly.com. That's littlebitofthebubbly.com. And people are just uh, enjoying this. uh, It's really good tasting champagne too, and it really looks cool. This is the second edition with a very silvery space-like design, so check that out. And don't fret as well, taking pre-orders for The Complete List of Jericho, uh, the new book that will be coming out in the spring featuring every match I've ever had uh, that I've kept personally. That's the truth. Every match I've ever had over 30 years. Top 10 lists, memories, favorite arenas, favorite referees, stories from some of the biggest stars in wrestling about me. Uh, It's a very, very cool, uh, kind of almost a coffee table book. You can get that at jericho30.com. And don't forget, if you pre-order it, you get a 90-minute audio podcast, I guess you'd say, uh, from me talking about specific matches that you guys chose. So that's three really cool Jericho uh, Christmases for you, Christmas gifts. Painmaker.store for the clothes, of the com for the bubbly, and Jericho30 for the book. Speaking of books, the new Young Books book has arrived. It's called Young Bucks Killing the Business, From Backyards to the Big Leaves. You can get that at shopaew.com or wherever you buy books. It's a huge hit. Made it onto the bestseller list already. And I've got Matt and Nick back on the show today, I think for the third or fourth time, to talk about writing the book and share some of the incredible stories from it. They're talking about how they got their dad to build them a wrestling ring in the backyard, how Matt super kicked Nick's front teeth out. <laughs> so bad. And how one errant leg drop off the couch broke their little brother's arm. This is all Matt. He's a very stiff with his brothers, apparently. They're talking about their rock-bottom days at TNA, how uh, they couldn't even afford a Popeye's chicken sandwich. How the Bullet Cub changed their life and made them into huge international successes, how they did that their own way, what inspired them to start focusing on merch, how they got it in a hot topic. They talked Colt Cabana, pro wrestling tease, being the elite. I remember a terrible match they had against Brian Danielson and Roderick Strong, and how they became good friends with the late great Chris Canyon. It's a great discussion. I love talking to these guys. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, are back on Talk is Jericho right now. Killing the podcast here today. It's the Bucks. So, um, the new book, Killing the Business, which is a great name from the Young Bucks. Awesome. Uh, Matt and Nick, and you guys have been on the show, I think, two times. I think this is number three right here. Yeah. We uh, asked permission to make sure we could do this. This is cool. First of all, I read uh, a bunch of stuff from the book, and we just thought of this yesterday, so I didn't get to read the whole thing. But man, you can totally tell, and this is what a good sign of of a good book is, wrestling, whatever. You can tell you guys wrote it. Yep. It's in your voice. You right. can hear you guys saying this. Just to jump right in, how did you put together this book? Because you've written it like Matt has a chapter, right, and then Nick yep. has a chapter, and you kind of told me about it on and off, but kind of how did you put yep. it all together? It,
2: you know, it's funny is first, the first thing they said to us was like, okay, so we're going to hook you up with a ghostwriter. And I said, whoa, 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 stop you right there. We're not doing a ghostwriter. Right. They're like, are you sure? And we we're like, yeah, <laughs> we don't want a ghostwriter. And they couldn't believe it. They were like, are you sure? Because everybody who does these types of books, they usually have someone, especially first-time writers. You have ghost writers, right? And we we kept telling them we were like, we really want to do this the right way, and our entire career has been, been done DIY, doing right. yourself, and it has to be told in our voice. And they're like, okay, I, I hope you know what
1: you're getting yeah, yourselves but, into.
3: Yeah, and little did we know what we were getting ourselves
1: into. <laughs> well, and just and I, 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 we haven't even discussed this, but I can probably guess what people don't know is just how much time, oh my god, it right. takes to put together the book. Dude. I think I worked it out. My first book, I ended up making like $2.13 oh, an yeah. hour, yeah. like yeah. hundreds of hours too. on this thing. It's yeah.
2: funny when a check finally comes in, you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. I got paid for this. Because like <laughs> yeah. it just becomes this burden almost. Right. And it's a labor of love. Yeah. So immediately we were like, let's write this thing ourselves. Let's do it the right way. And uh, I remember uh, I, like two years ago, we started formatting the thing. <laughs> And two years ago. Two years ago. Wow. And I was like, okay, we I, I want to tell this story, this story, this story. And I started putting bullet points up. So I was already kind of trying to create like what I would want the book to look like. You
3: know mm-hmm. what was scary, though? Two years ago, we know what we're getting ourselves into. We know we're going to set up this company and help create <laughs> yeah. something so yeah. massive.
2: Our place was so, totally full.
3: So yeah. we knew our timing of it was probably the worst timing of our careers to get into something and dive into something so tough and right. So that, made but at the it same hard. time,
2: we were like, "But we have all this time off, though, so this right. will be perfect, but right?" We, yeah, we thought we had time off. <laughs> yeah. It would I mean? be the busiest time of our life, yeah. of course, because AEW is in the middle of being, you know, creating.
1: Well, and that's one of the things when, yeah. when we first started talking about this. It's like talking about EVPs, and there yeah. was a, an idea floated that Chris, do you want to be EVP? I said, "Hell no, I don't want to have to <laughs> God, do what smart, those guys man. are doing because I know all the shit. It's everything. Yeah,
2: it's right. every day, right?" You know? <laughs> and. So we were like we didn't I don't think we understood that. Like we didn't understand all the duties that were gonna come along with the job. Mm-hmm. We just figured, like, yeah, you know, we've been booking our own angles on the Indies <laughs> anyway. It's pretty it's pretty easy, right? <laughs> That's, That's exactly <laughs> what yeah. we thought. And uh, so so we started writing the book, uh, at the same time AEW's opening. And right away I was like, Let's jump into the childhood thing. I, I figured I would take the first chapter because I'm the older brother. Mm. He wasn't alive yet. <laughs> uh, you
1: got four years on. Him, I got you. four years on it. Which
2: people are still. It's funny. We go to the airport all the time, and then they're. You know, you're twins, right? hey yeah, twin brothers. Yeah. Really? Twin brothers. I huh? like all the
1: time, and we don't think we look anything alike. It's so funny. We really don't. Yeah. But you're people right. don't know. Like, if some, you get to know us, you yeah, learn. exactly, exactly. Yeah. But but like you said, because I never knew there was four years. It's not a big difference. But when you look at right. through some of these pictures, sure, and you you we'll talk about difference. this. Yeah, like yeah. that's when you know. You, you even wrote in one of the pictures. You don't right. see it until you see like this little guy. That's. Right. And, yeah. you know, he's, there's, there's he's literally he's a power over me. Yeah, like
2: The first time I ever met Nick, there's a picture in the book where he was just born and they have him in the little, like the little bed as a baby. Uh, and I got my little Hulk Hogan, LJN, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I look like I'm a four-year-old boy and he's right. just a baby. So yeah. I think people, I think will see that and they'll go, really? Right. That's crazy. And we also obviously have a older sister and a younger brother, Malachi. Uh,
1: Malachi's younger than you guys? He's yeah. the youngest. Okay, gotcha.
2: He's the youngest. He's the baby of the family. Gotcha. He was actually a wrestler at uh at right. One point. Right. And uh, he just he, he did like one really hard weekend with us, and he's like, okay, I quit because <laughs> we were like local lads. And then the first time we he got on a plane, he's just like, I don't know how you guys do this. Yeah. This is the worst. It's, not, it, forever, but it's, it's not for everybody. It's not. Sure. not. Yeah, right. so, yeah. So, so uh, in the beginning, I told Nick, I ch- I'd take chapter one. I'll talk about this. I said, you take the second chapter. And we kind of like, it was ta- like tagging in and out, tagging and in what? and <laughs> out, like we're used yeah. to, which right. we do.
3: We built a career off of yeah. it,
2: so might
1: we, as well write we a book. That way exactly.
2: We knew that we wanted yeah, to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Dive kind of deep into that because we've really never told anybody about you know our childhood and what we dealt with and mm-hmm. our having weird religious. I don't want to call them weird, but Christian freak mom and dad. Right, you know, and Over, it's different. We'll top, call them yeah. a freak though. Yeah. Overly <laughs> yeah. religious family though. Not they'll just, never dad. listen to this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, they will for sure. Actually, of course they will. Hey, mom and dad, <laughs> it's
1: the classic line that Gallus said. I think they're Mormons. <laughs> right, <laughs>
0: <laughs> they got to be something. <laughs>
3: Like- you, you, you don't know what religion we yeah. believe in because yeah. we don't ever try to put it down people's throats, yeah. you know what I mean? Because yeah. we hated that as, like, children. Right. We saw it. And we're like, that actually turns you off mm-hmm. right? from being religious. Sure, sure, That's sure. That's how all,
2: like, our family was, though. You and know they what I mean? still are. So
1: what, so yeah. what, I haven't read the, the, that part of the book. The, what kind of religion did you grow up in? Like, high Christian? Yeah. Like, big-time Christianity? Big-time Christian. We were, we're yeah. at church Probably three times a week. Gotcha. Yeah. There was
2: really no denomination, though, with, with, cause we would go, we could walk into a Baptist church. We could, you yeah. know, it's, right. it was all the same.
1: Well, that's true Christianity, though. Yes. Yeah. It's right. not the church. It's, it's what you're, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, who, who, who the boss is. Right. Exactly. No matter what denomination. But we've right? been
2: to the crazy churches where they're speaking in tongues oh, and yeah. they're making, Waiting you know, they flags. touch the people and they fall down. Right. And like, we've oh, seen wow. it. And
1: we've we seen it. We used to all. do that all the time. Yeah. yeah.
3: That
2: was every Sunday for us. And we would go to churches that were four or five hours long as kids. And, and not only that, after that, we would get lunch and everybody's, you know, it's basically Bible study. And then we would go over to, you know, an aunt or uncle's house, Bible study there. And then wow, they would they would pull yeah. out the drums and guitar. They and It was a, it was a marathon. <laughs> yeah. of, no kidding. Yeah. So, like, that was our Sundays. I, I remember that, like, waking up Monday exhausted. Did we get home from late? all the church? And, yeah, right. like, man, we've done a lot of church
1: in the last. You know, what, it's four. funny because when I was a kid, we yeah. used to go to, I grew up, my, my mother was Ukrainian. Mm. So it was, like, Orthodox. Sure. Uh, and so there's a lot of like, ah, nah, 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 yeah. nah, nah. and like you would just sit there for two hours with <laughs> this guy, like dressed like the Pope is <laughs> yes. reciting shit and you got to recite it back. Then when I came to the States, I started going to church and that's where like the, the, the Baptist like yes. you know, uh, uh, nah, 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 playing the music and they're all <laughs> yeah. singing and dancing and they're showing clips from like movies and stuff. Yes. I was like, this is church. Yeah, this is more modern and fun. I would have loved this yeah. back when I was a kid.
2: I've been yeah. to those style too because Dana, who I'm married to, she, she went to one of those more old school type. Yeah, like Anglican, Methodist.
1: Methodist. Yeah. Or, yeah.
2: And I remember going to a Methodist church for the first time. I was like, this is so weird. Is yeah. this like Catholic? Or
1: something? What, it's what is repeating this? stuff yes. over and over again right. with the mist, the smelly stuff, whatever you call that. Yes. The, the candles that burn. Right. Incense. Incense. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: yeah so we 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 dive into that because a lot of people don't really know much about that and yeah, and uh, we don't go too crazy no. religious. But it's inflow- part it's part it's of, of our guys are right. though. it was yeah. part of our upbringing. Yeah. Um. And and now it's like like obviously nobody's really going to church because of every the whole country's you can shut down. Be, right. Yeah. I you know we'll still watch it. We'll have our our Zoom Sundays mm-hmm. and we'll sit there and watch it in the morning. But even before then, our careers got so busy we haven't been to church regularly. Oh, no. in, I haven't year, been in, decades, in years. Like it's, it's ten years. It's impossible.
1: Either. You yeah, know what's I mean, amazing to me, too, though? And I've known you guys for three years or so. i worked with you for three years. Yeah. And and there is this whole element now in the business. And I came in in 90, which was, we don't have to discuss, it was Rockstar right. Central Lunacy. Right. Uh, it was just kind of in the middle of that. The 90s and 80s were really crazy. But you guys are, are part of, and Kenny's the same, of, mm-hmm. of, of no drinking, right. yeah, no drugs, no anything. It's yeah, like just right. good people, which is so rare <laughs> in the wrestling business. Like, what? And I it's think, real. It's legit for you guys. I think we
2: came in at the tail end of that. Right. It was like early 2000s. That's it's still in the but business. But you know what? That yes.
3: has to do with our mom and dad, too, though, our yeah. upbringing. Like, yeah. they never had it in the house. So, I, I guess in a way, we were never tempted by any of it. So right. We never saw any of it. Yeah. So, and it was a big thing. Like, I remember uh, sometimes
1: my parents would be like, You can't do that. God would never allow it. To hell. Yeah. yeah. You're but, going uh, to hell. That was always <laughs> the fear. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not even talking about from a, from a parental standpoint. I know tons of guys that came in the business. Sure. Cena, Benoit, that never did anything until they sure. got in the business right. and then they're drinking and doing everything right. just because you're around all the time. You know? We yeah. were
3: told at a young age, I remember yeah, like we were. getting we were. in, uh, a lot of veterans said it. They're like, all right, I see how you are now, but things yeah, are going to change. See. Yeah. I
2: remember Brian Kendrick would always give us so much crap because he was like, he loved this about us as well. He's like, I love that. He's like. I'm just, I'm, I hate in five years. I know you guys are going to be alcoholics <laughs> and drug addicts. <laughs> and, and luckily, it never happened. But maybe he was teasing us, but we, we would get it a lot where, like, at first, people didn't understand. They'd be like, hey, come have a drink with us. And we're just like, it's not really our thing. And mm. we're, you know, we'll still hang out with the guys. Absolutely. And I think that's and why that's people like us. Thing, exactly. Yeah. And,
3: and we won't judge yeah. the people who yeah. do.
2: Because I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I don't care either. I like, don't mind
3: that. That's another thing our parents taught um, us, though. Don't be judgmental to others. And yes. We, we've, Carried that along I, the way. I yeah. try.
2: I try never to be judgmental. Generalize. I hate yeah. all of that. People but are people. Business
1: too. There's the real all gypsies, tramps, and thieves in one way yes. or another. So you can't ever judge anybody Correct. for what they're doing here. Right. Correct. You know. But it's interesting too because, like you said, back in the day, it was like you got to drink with the boys, and, and yeah. even Lance Storm used to take major heat because he never drank never did anything wow, okay finally it's like dude just hold this bottle in your hand <laughs> right. it can be the same one yeah. all night long no one's gonna care because back then it's like if you didn't go out you're, you're like a stooge or yeah. you wouldn't be trusted I yeah. can see that and all sure. that's gone but you guys still hang like times nick is up till 6, yeah. 6 a.m sometimes yeah. Yeah. you know and, and yeah. so that's it's just
0: part of the camaraderie of being right. uh being part of the gang do you want a beautiful lawn so uh
1: as we get our rundown sheets our, our officials <laughs> here so but so so you're talking about putting together the book and and how did you how did you write it because you mentioned you had all this time off but you're yeah, super busy right.
2: so we did it all on our phones wow. that's what's
1: crazy yeah uh,
2: and it would that be, is crazy it would be in between i don't think that was ever the plan I'm like hey we're gonna do this all on our phones this is i just started writing one night and on my phone on my notepad while i was in bed i was like because i just want to take a crack at it and I, and I was like, man, I'm. this is going really well. This is just the best way. I, I just know phones. I'm i on my phone more than I'm ever on a computer right, these right, days. Right. And it's always there. So I was and just, then we oh,
3: have those long flights from California yes. to wherever we're
2: going. Yeah. So we yeah. found that was probably the easiest time to focus on the book. I remember being at the bus stop waiting for my daughter Courtney to get you know t- to come and i would pull up my school. phone from yeah. school and i would start writing the thing and my neighbor would come by he's like hey what are you doing there you look like you're you know pretty focused on something i'm, like, oh, I'm just writing uh in my b- i'm writing my book and it's just like <laughs> what <laughs> like, but it was literally in between any time anytime, we did yeah. do something when we weren't planning something for aew or when we were at home it was just book 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 and it was it was it was like almost like a burden because anytime i was like oh my god i got a free hour Nope, I can't go enjoy myself. Yep. I can't write I, I didn't I haven't watch, watched a show in so long. I haven't been able to enjoy anything because it was always like I've got the book. I've got the book. It was always in the back of my mind. and and it wasn't just writing the book. it was fact checking. It yeah. was talking to family and and making sure the dates lined up. looking mm-hmm. for pictures. it was it was blowing the dust off of old photo albums and going, there's yeah. a photo. It was, it was going to cage match and seeing our matches and going, I thought that match was in 2004. Yeah, we didn't it write our dates
3: down like you did. So, <laughs> right. so it was a lot yeah. of research. So
1: much research. I so wish TV. we did. You know? But you know what's yeah. funny though? Like I wrote my first book in 2007 mm-hmm. about the first 20, well, first 20 years, uh, 25, first 30 years of my life but yeah. the first 10 years of my career. Right. And none of that stuff was documented because it was right. all Mexico and Japan. and Indies. Yeah. So I couldn't, go back and check so wow. i bet you 50 percent of that is wrong but it's what i remember sure now and i know this from the new book i'm working on with with the all the matches Like right. marvis will call me and say i read in cage match at this i'm like are you serious like yeah. i work with the rock in madison square garden <laughs> in 1990 i don't i didn't because yep. you did here's i didn't how do did i not remember that but That's it's crazy. all there yeah. for you to see yep. in in the computer yeah, and it, the internet it thank, helps
2: thank god for the computer <laughs> yeah. man like it saved us but like going back to like even the photos, like when my the publisher's like you need you need a photo. What would they tell us? It was like you need a photo or two to represent each chapter in the book, right? right. right. Said, some of these are impossible. How am I going to yeah. do that? And and I look back, and I'm like none of these. Some of the photos I have like from old camera, digital cameras, they're not big enough. Yeah, it wouldn't work. So they wouldn't work. Wait or like i so i had to like track down old photographers i had like i had to do so much homework fans from fan, the audience some, sometimes <laughs> i would have fan photos and i was like this yeah. is a great photo of the the original uh, story of the elite forming but it was a fan photo they're like okay can you get permission from the fan i'm like how am i going to go back in time to tokyo at the corken hall in yeah. 2015 <laughs> or whatever it was and so it's like i couldn't use so many of the photos yeah. i wanted in the book it's so like fighting the photos was it took me 6 months mm. And then when I finally had it, I'm like, oh, my God, that was harder than writing the book. Mm-hmm. It's like th- I have new just newfound respect for anybody who's ever done this oh, for sure, because it was such a project,
1: especially if you're doing it the way you guys are doing it, because yeah. you want it to be right. So yes. you are in charge of everything. You right? have to
2: be. You know, if, if you want your story told right, you have, you to, have tell to tell you, you have to tell yourself. Yeah. The other thing is, how do you find an ending? Because it's like, are people going to be disappointed with the ending? Do they want to know more about this thing? But it's like. I don't know when it happened. It was like what we were like halfway writing it, and I I think I came up with the idea for for the finish. Yeah, and I
1: knew right away. All right, that's and it felt be right. It. Yep.
2: Like, but even that we struggled with.
1: What is the finish of the book?
2: The finish. I'll, I'll be spoiling it here, oh, but okay. it's okay. It, like, we, we get we get to the point where AEW is about, is going to be finally announced, right? Because we figured, yeah, that could be a whole other book in itself. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, two I, years here already. Is a I book, felt
3: like you know? it's kind of a cliffhanger yeah. to. Oh, maybe they will. And that's do the way it. to do it, right? Like yeah. I said, I'm yeah.
1: five books in. You guys could easily do another one right. just talking about all your experiences. Yeah. AEW. Right. Yep.
2: We get really heavy into like the struggles we had too as independent wrestlers because we were talking about this earlier in a different interview where like we broke into the two thousands there was like it was the end of the attitude era. Yeah. There's no money in independent wrestling. Right. No. Because yeah. wrestling was kind of on Especially the ground.
3: Especially in California. Right. Like California a lot of people don't realize it, but at the time there was only one big independent Show there, and it was called Pro Wrestling Gorilla, right. and it
1: was hard just to get to that. Yeah, I was the one chapter I read so you guys couldn't get booked there. Yeah, it was
2: like the ever eluding PWG, and they paid you 50 bucks. So <laughs> but, it wasn't
3: like you go no, there but, and you find gold. Everyone and, watched it. Yes. Like from the East Coast, people watched it. The promoters watched it. The wrestlers it's, watched it.
1: It's a modern day ECW. I never yeah. made more than 250 bucks for a show in ECW. Yep. That's it. But if you were on ECW, you were, you were somebody. Amazed. Exactly. When
3: that was our first break, was getting in there because that's what it made us explode and right. uh, we had a Japanese uh, talent guy uh, talent relations from Dragon Gate at the show, so show and right. he saw us. It was our second show there? It might have been like our, our second, second, second show. Or second show there, so yeah. it shows you that it was fast. Two shows and we got to
2: Japan from that yeah. so we knew we had to get but to that. But you back know what's funny is even before then though we started backyard wrestling way before then when I was 16 so we were already... Literally thinking,
1: backyard. Literally, literally in my yeah. backyard. My yeah. yeah.
2: dad built this ring because we were you know wrestling out on the streets and and wrestling at our neighbor's houses or like we, t- we talk about in this in the book where like there was this furniture store and we set up like camp out back where they had old soggy mattresses and we would just wrestle in there so they had an old truck that had spider webs around the the wheels because it hadn't moved in a while and we'd jump off the top of that and anywhere to because wrestle anywhere because at
3: that point our parents were like you guys can't do this in our backyard anymore uh, it's too dangerous so we just found other places yes. which was way <laughs> more dangerous and, and, but we didn't tell them so then that's <laughs> when they
2: were like we had i remember we were at this place called soup plantation it was like this restaurant uh, buffet gym, style that's now it's yeah. gone out of business but i remember my dad had, he's like he's called for a family meeting and he's like you guys just won't stop wrestling, will you? Like, he's like, he's like if you're not going to stop, I guess I, I just have to build you a ring.
1: <laughs> and we're like, really? Was he like a
2: carpenter type guy? He, yeah, like he did it all. He's a yeah. general contractor, gotcha. so he built homes and room additions. Wow, homes, right? that's pretty cool. And uh, But at the time, I mean, this is when I'm 16 years old and I'm 35 now, so this is close to 20 years ago. There wasn't really, like, you couldn't just Google how to build a wrestling ring, you know what I mean? He so my,
3: watched enough wrestling though yeah. to know how to build one, and but you never know what's underneath though. That's the right. big thing. Yes. That was the, the struggle. Right. That's that what I we had. struggled with it. So we just used carpet padding. We had no clue what else <laughs> well, to and even, use. But even then, the he's frame like, yeah, the framing.
2: Because yeah. he's like, what's the frame? Is there a spring in the he's middle? Like, how does it bounce? Right, yeah. it's a trapolini? Right. You never know yeah. for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, he came up with a pretty good concept because the ring was really soft. And it was a good ring. Like the ropes are a little loose, but like for our first ring, because we ended up having several. Yeah. The first one was really good. Once we got. Like yeah.
3: the hang of it It yeah. was actually Like a pro ring Right You must have been The most popular Kids in school they Oh had my their own Wrestling really? ring Yeah Dude For everyone sure. In the neighborhood They would stop by And they knew We were the, the crazy Backyard <laughs> I get messages restaurant. To this day From fans saying Hey I, I used to watch You guys in your Backyard in Rancho yeah. Cougamonga I'm so proud of you Would
1: you put it Online or something Or how Yeah,
3: yeah we would you? do that That uh, was like
2: In the beginning Of the internet Kind of getting you, hot you, We had so.
3: egos As backyard wrestlers <laughs> I remember the, the <laughs> Do you remember the, the big tape They had It was like what was it called, King of Backyard Wrestling or... They they uh, the wanted backyard tapes, they right? wanted to have our company on it. Our company no, it was called Best of Backyard Wrestling. That's what it was, yeah. and they asked us to put our our clips in, and we're what like, your company called uh, BYWA Backyard, backyard Wrestling, Wrestling Association. Association. <laughs> and
2: my name, I was Mister BYWA. And we B-Y-W.
3: said, listen, <laughs> we don't want
2: to be on your
3: VHS. We're we're too big for that.
2: <laughs> yeah, because like they were like the, the movement back then was like they were the hardcore wrestlers who did the fluorescent light tubes and thumbtacks. And we were like, we looked down on that. Well, that's dirty wrestling. Yeah, that's we do true. the spots. Right. Yeah. Like We we were into like doing RVD and Jerry Lynn's high spots. Right. Like we wanted to wrestle and Savage and Steamboat. Like we, we tried but to recreate those. You models. know,
1: what's funny though is, is, is it goes through generations because my yeah. dad was not a carpenter, but we would put all the couch cushions on the floor. Oh, yeah. And we, my friend and I knew the whole St- Savage Steamboat match. That's and we would reenact it and we could play both roles. Yep. So I remember being a kid doing, wow. uh, we, we call them two counts. There was like, 18 two-counts in the match, that's false right. finishes. Yep. But same thing. It's just yeah, that crazy. As generations. Matt and
3: I did that exactly, but with yeah. the RVD-Jerry Lynn match. Oh, wow. Literally spot yeah. for spot. But
2: you know what? Even before then in the living room, I would put on the Coliseum Home videos because we would go to Blockbuster and we would rent them all like yeah. m- multiple times over. And we would watch the Rockers. And we would, you know, we would be throwing super kicks and we would be Malachi. One time I did a leg drop off the couch and I broke his arm. (laughs) Yeah. And he heard a crack. It's like, like, oh, my God, did something happen? And like we all kayfabe our parents. Yeah. Poor Malachi's going to school for two weeks with a broken arm. Until he finally is like, Mom, my arm really hurts. Did we ever tell (laughs) you (laughs) this? He took him and got an X-ray. Did we
3: ever tell you the story? uh, I, I was 11. You oh, were yeah, 15, yeah, we yeah. were in Las Vegas, and he super-kicked my front teeth out.
2: No
1: way.
3: Yeah, <laughs> With Just, a
2: super-kick,
1: of course. We had course. a game where our, we would,
3: Our
2: favorite move later on
1: that would, that, su- that would
3: help
2: make us a lot of money. We would surprise <laughs> each other by... Super kicking each other when we least expected, and gotcha. you have to sell the move. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Nick would turn a corner, I'm like, "Hey Nick, surprise!" Super yep. kick, boom. <laughs> boom. So I was brushing
3: my hair one day. I, I think we were in Las Vegas. we were in, La, in a Las Vegas yeah. hotel. Our parents were playing slots. I yeah. turn around, he goes, "Surprise!" I have the brush right in front of oh. my mouth. Super kicks me right in the teeth. I look, I go, oh my god, Matt! Yeah, my front teeth are. Yeah, out.
2: <laughs> <I start laughs> he looks at me. And he has that big Foley <laughs> smile. <laughs> 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 and I like. I start panicking. I'm like, holy crap! <laughs> and uh, so I was like, I have to call my parents. I have to call my parents. It's so, like I think I like, but I know they had. A, they probably had a cell phone by then. I somehow got a. Whole, or did we have to wait? I don't P- remember. Maybe a pager? Maybe a maybe? pager. But We finally like told them like, right. you have to get here. <laughs> and they're like, what happened? We're like, everyone's okay. Just come. We didn't want to tell them what yeah. happened. To
3: this day, they think that that's not the true story about right. how you, you broke we're my They think are covering up. Yeah. Why would yeah. you
1: lie about right. that? <laughs> so you tripped and fell into the desk or something. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah, yeah. So they show
2: up. They grab a glass of milk. They put the teeth in, thinking they could save these teeth or
1: something. <laughs> in milk? What's yeah. that have to do with anything? I have I have no clue. calcium, They're looking yeah. up Dennis
2: in Vegas. And they're trying to get him in. Uh, they're like thinking they could save it. They couldn't save them. They had to, so these these teeth that Nick have are fake. Yeah, these, these yeah. veneers yeah. the, or whatever. Right? Is that yeah. what they're called? Wow. I, they redid like all four top
3: ones because uh like one of them was like not grown in all the way, anyway. So yeah. they're like, let's
2: just cap them all. I'm this poor kid, right. though. This poor <laughs> kid. They gave him back then. He had to wear a, a mold, or like a. It looked like he had bubble gum in his mouth. Yeah, back right? in the day, they didn't know how to
3: do it. And like they, right they away. made him
2: wear this mold for like a week yep. or two.
3: Just and, to get the molding done for the
2: fake. And he had to go to, they made, my parents made so him go to school with yep. this mold. It's, oh, yep. He was so, he, remember you told me, you're like, like I, I wouldn't open my mouth for two weeks. And I was talk. so embarrassed. Yeah. They're yeah. like, what is wrong with
3: your mouth, Nick? I'm
2: like, nothing. <laughs> you must have hated your brother. <laughs> oh you son of so that's bitch. That's why, like, wrestling was so, like, it was banned for a while in our house. And, like, right. that's when my dad was like, we're going to build you this ring. We were so surprised because I'd broken my brother's arm. I shattered, shattered your, his teeth. You're stiff, man. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: You're yeah. the stiff one in the family. <laughs> yeah. So like when he did when he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna build you a ring, we're like, Really? Holy crap. Looking back now though, I think like we lived in Southern California, family of six. My mom didn't work, my dad did work, but he was an independent contractor. And there's not a lot of money. Like, you never know when your next gig is. It's a lot like wrestling. And by the way, he's a legit
1: independent contractor. A legit not independent a wrestling contractor. version. Right. So, right.
2: Like, right. Like, like, it's already tough to live in California, let alone, like, where we do in SoCal with a family of six. And You're Roger
1: like, Cucamonga is not L.A. It's in the right. middle of
2: yes. the fields, yeah. yeah. At the time, it was really a small city. Now, since it's kind of blown up, it's kind of, like, rather large now. But, but like, we didn't have a lot of money. So, I think my parents realized, like, we're not going to be able to send our kids to a major university or anything. And... And I think they saw that we were serious about this if wrestling is thing. What you want to
1: do. And I think yeah. this was
2: their way of saying, you know what? We could do this for them, though. Hmm. And maybe it could pay off for them. And, it, and it's so funny because now you look back at the full story and you're like, God, that really paid off. Yeah. And my dad is yeah. so proud that he did it. Yeah. Because so many people probably – can you imagine? Oh, I'm going to build my son a wrestling ring. Right. People probably thought he was crazy. I yeah. remember yeah. our grandparents saying that. Like, what are you – thinking how
1: dangerous is that insurance reasons all that stuff right all the neighborhood
2: kids are there too but you know what to our credit we were responsible we never did once we had the ring we we didn't do anything stupid we wanted to be pro wrestlers right so we took it serious we looked down like i was saying on the guys that were using the barbed wire and all this stuff like we're like we don't want to get hurt Mm -hmm. we want to do this as a career like here
0: i am 16 he's 12 and we're already kind of making that decision do you want a beautiful lawn
1: Well, you talk about the the one show that you had uh, in the, the the Olympic in yeah. LA was sold out, and yep. Nick lies that he's eighteen; yeah. but he's yeah. only fifteen. And yeah. like that's that's amazing to me that yeah. you were not just allowed to, but that you were wrestling that young right. in yes. front of that many people. That that's that's crazy.
3: Oh, it blew my mind. Yeah, uh, I remember signing that waiver. All right, I'm going to pretend I'm eighteen, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> but like, man, that was crazy because before that we had done Nothing. shows for five dollars yeah. and no crowd uh, no crowd at all yeah. well 200 people max yeah. maybe so going from 200 people to six eight thousand i think it was that was the only there. thing that blew my mind but you yeah. know what
2: back then the only thing that drew was if you brought in this you know the lucha the lucha guys yeah. right. the big yeah. for popular for, for the mexican spanish yes. people yeah. Yeah. nobody else drew a crowd right yep. yeah Blue Demon, no one Demon,
3: i yeah. think was on the card. like conan was massive el santo. el santo like the big names drew that house yeah But just to get that experience at that young age, man, it blew my mind. It felt like we were in a dream, you know what I mean? Like this isn't real. All these lights on me. I'm fifteen, you know. That was the day that
2: we got named the young bucks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That very day. Yeah, they didn't so you were Mr. I was Mr. Instant Replay, I wore red. I was slick (laughs) Nick. Nick wore bulliginal. And and for whatever reason, we never it never even really crossed our minds like, hey, should we be attacked and we just always wanted to be singles wrestlers. I don't know, I don't know what it was. At that time at least. Well, Even, you were a
3: singles guy, you know what I mean? We looked up to you. Sean was, uh, at the time, a singles right. guy. So we thought, ah, we could be singles Well, not to wrestlers. mention,
1: too, it's your little brother. Yes. to be a tag team with the little yeah, brother. Yeah, maybe that's right. it. So, that's once again, 19 and 15, it's, that might as well be 60 and 20. Correct. It, it's, it's a, a whole big difference.
2: Universe, right? yeah. But it's so funny, because at the same time, we were still heavily influenced by, like, the Hardys and the Rockers. That, too, yeah, for but sure. But you know what? I was talking to Matt about this, Matt Hardy, the other day about this. Like, the Hardy Boys are the hottest thing in the world at that point. And it was almost uncool for guys like us to like the Hardys because they are all the girls like the Hardys. Right, and they were, guys you know, they're like girly him. boys. They're too handsome. Like I had to like I was a closet Hardy boy fan. And and like I maybe in the back of my mind, like I really wanted to be a team with Nick. But like I didn't want to be like the Hardys. Like I can't be like them. They're too cool. They're too cool for school. I, I thought I was too cool for school. Almost, right.
1: If I liked them.
2: You know what I mean? But now looking back, I'm like. God, why couldn't I just admit I loved you guys? Well, it's not to
1: there's so many similarities. I mean, yes. you guys are so similar. The first time yeah. we ever met at that studio in Century City, I was like, "You That's guys right. are the fucking Hardy boys." <laughs> yeah. man. Same, story. almost same look, yeah. same age dis- yeah. difference. Yeah. You know, well, it's it really is. than
2: the yeah. other, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> But yeah, so we, we we get to this show where we were just so happy that we even got booked because at the time we're making 25 bucks a shot. And the guy in charge, Joey Gas, is like, "I'm going to pay you guys seventy five dollars each." And we're like, "Holy crap, seventy five dollars! Like we could make a living doing this." If this is how we got paid, right? Right. So he brings us in, and he's, he had sent us at an indie show, and we were Mr. Answer Replay, and we were Slick Nick. Something's going on in this other office, filming so I mean, probably something for your show, probably for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So. We get booked, and we're, we go to the card, and we're, like, looking everywhere for our names. We were, we're s- disappointed. We're all, we're not on the card. Where's Why'd Mr. Angel Replay <laughs> and Slick Nick on the card? It's not on the card. And all of a sudden, we ask Joey, he asked, like, hey, man, like, you know, we're here. We're here to wrestle. And he's like, yeah, you're on the card right there against us. I go, Exc- excuse me? It's so like, I look on the thing, and it's, it's Joey and his partner at the time, Mongo, and, and it says versus Matt and Nick, the Young Bucks. And I go, why are you calling us Matt and Nick, the Young Bucks? He's like, dude, I'm... Oh. I'm gonna be really honest with you. Like, like I couldn't remember your guys' names, <laughs> and like when we kept going back to the match and we were talking about it, we just kept referring to you guys as Matt and Nick, those those young bucks. So that's just gonna be your name today, okay? And we were like, our hearts just <laughs> sunk. We we're like, yeah. we we're like that is the we're like that's great. And as soon as he walked away, we we're like, that is the worst. We we're like in yeah. panic mode. Right. We can't be Matt and Nick, the young bucks. That's the worst thing ever. We weren't yet the the Jacksons. We were but Matt and Nick, the young bucks. So we go out there, and uh, it's a largely Hispanic crowd. They're all blowing the blow horns, and it's crazy. And it's like feels like we're in a movie. We'd never wrestled in front of more than two hundred people, Right. so it's like everything looks weird. I think they had pyro that night, so there's like smoke everywhere. It looks like you're in a dream for us, right? We hear the music. That we're song, not
0: gonna take it. My twisted sister. <laughs> no, we, we ain't, ain't gonna, gonna take, take it. Like the whitest yeah. white boy music ever. <laughs> Why
2: bo- that song? I don't I, know. They <laughs> boo the hell out they're of us. They're booing us. They're saying every homophobic slur in the world because back then it was okay to say these right, words. Right, right, but at the right. same time, it doesn't feel good. We're just like, they're throwing batteries at yeah. us. And we're just like, we're supposed to be the baby faces. <laughs> so we're like, oh my God, this is terrifying. So immediately these other guys come out and like they're like rock stars. Yep all their friends and family are there <laughs> and they're Mexican guys so like they're, the fa- fans are already behind them and they're mm-hmm. supposed to be the heels and we're just like we're doomed you know what I mean Oh yeah. so we, we end up having a really competitive match though and I think the crowd it took maybe five six minutes for them to finally buy into us because we were good we, we were doing high flying things and mm-hmm. they respected it by the end uh, we were getting towards the finish we're like I think one of them had me in like a helicopter spin on his shoulders and the other came with a missile drop off the top and I remember just being up there Going, oh, as long as I could land this finish, we're done, we're out of here. Cause yeah. you guys were bringing it in this match. I was You've I was like never a kid. felt that before. Never never right? felt stiff. Yeah. Like men hitting Aww. me. Yep. Men hitting men, yeah. me. Yeah. We were working with boys on in the Indies. These guys were big, strong men. <laughs> yeah, it was a big difference. <laughs> so we get to the end and they spin me and he drop kicks the hell out of me and I just fall over I'm like, I survived my first real match, basically. <laughs> And they covered me, and we were so proud. And we get to the back, and we have these little envelopes right by our bags. And we're like, oh, my God, is the, there, there's the $75. <laughs> we open it up, and it's not $75. It's a crisp $100 bill.
1: Ah, bonus.
2: And Nick and I look at each other like, oh, my God. We've made we it. we made it. <laughs> we made it. $100? Yeah. And not only that, like, so, like, a week, two weeks later, we're still like we don't want to be the Young Bucks it's a terrible name but everyone that books us we look on the flyers because back then that's how we had flyers and posters we were on the big show as the Young Bucks we were so. on every every everybody booked everybody us everybody saw you yeah. that, Nick. Name. that was
3: probably our first mini break mini like break. in California that's
2: you know we have to look back in fact I don't remember 2004 or 5 yeah and and that was it. We were the young bucks, and yeah. there was there was no changing that at that point. And so
3: we finally said, you know what? Let's get matching gear and let's try yeah. to make this work. Let's <laughs> go guess. with it. Yeah. yeah. But we
2: couldn't afford anything, so we went and got these like yellow like spandex, the ugliest yellow. I don't know why did we choose yellow like
3: yeah we, we bought some just random generic tights from, from Dick's like Dick's
2: sporting, sporting Goods, boots. yeah <laughs> and then we went to an indoor swap meet and we were like hey we saw this airbrush guy we're like can you, can you airbrush young bucks on here with like a dollar sign so we can do a play on words and stuff the guy's like sure and he did that And like we thought we looked so cool looking back now it's like what were we thinking yeah we, we,
3: we had no money we had so. these
2: we ordered these uh offering side yeah uh, boxing the boots. boxing boots because we couldn't afford wrestling yeah. boots and like these these were on sale they're like 25 bucks or something so we're wearing these white ugly like cloth boxing <laughs> boots with these these yellow. like you can
1: see through them you can see our underwear you know what i just figured out yeah. what a f- brain surgeon i am yeah i always thought young bucks like a deer like a buck like a thing and i when you guys shoot the money i was like oh like the money whatever i right. f- just got it now young <laughs> bucks dollars that's bucks like what a f-
0: what an idiot <laughs> yeah. I right?
1: you know, am! I just got that right now. How we, funny. We do a play on both of them, though. We yeah. do the deer yeah.
2: thing too. But yeah, yeah, that, we've that's had shirts thing. with
3: the deer. We, we've done all of those. The dollar thing—it's—it's
2: it's been our thing since like day one. Gotcha. That's funny that you just got that just right
1: now because you guys have been shooting dollar bills yeah. out for the last you know year. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> that's our thing.
0: Do you want a beautiful lawn?
1: And don't forget, you got until Saturday the 30th, which is tomorrow, if you listen to this on Friday, to check out Capturing Judas, um, which is the live stream we did that Midwest Beatdown magazine said was the best live stream they've seen, uh, better than Metallica's, um, which is always cool to hear. We always try. Go to fozzy.veeps.com. I think it's 10 bucks or 15 bucks to watch the show. And you get a 90-minute Fozzy concert with stories from the road. Uh, That we filmed in a studio in Atlanta with all social distance precautions taken, and we kick it off with a 30-minute documentary we did called Fozzie Across America, where we did three shows in three different time zones in one day when the Judas record came out. So you get all that for 10 bucks, I believe it is. Fozzie.veeps.com. Check it out if you want something fun to do, and if you want to see it, if you missed it somehow, you still you can watch it for another couple days, and then it'll be gone uh, forever. So Fozzie.veeps.com. Uh, capturing judas.com and come be a part of the fozzy madness there's lots of uh, uh, like I said just reading the, the stuff that I've read there's a couple stories that stood out for me and one I just did a podcast which will be out soon about Chris Canyon I did it with Raphael do you know Raphael was oh, really yeah. good friends with him oh, yeah. oh really and I didn't DDP know that. and uh, Hurricane Helms oh cool you have a lot to say about Chris, Yeah. Yep. both we talked about his good side, his bad side, everything. Right. I didn't realize, you know, you never realize who's influencing you, who, but he was a big influence on you. You, you know what's crazy? Yeah.
3: That same company same where, where we were doing six to 8,000 people, that's where we met him. They brought Chris oh. as, They started running on a monthly basis, so they started bringing in, like, former WCW guys, and that, yeah. that was our first time meeting him, was maybe that second one. Maybe the second. Yeah. 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 You want to go they, into that?
2: They brought Chris in, and we were like, this was the first guy like a star that we met that we saw on tv right like i think we, we we weren't we
3: weren't huge lucha libre fans right. so we didn't understand the history that el Although santo and these, we
2: did pop huge when they brought conan yeah they we're we like did. oh my god the wolf back. but we did, like, just didn't realize wcw though. yes yeah. right 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 but then we saw canyon and, and and canyon like immediately took a liking to us and he approached us and we were like why is this guy talking to us this is we're, was just, so nice. we're just
3: these jobbers yeah. you know
2: <laughs> and at this point our little backyard company had been become like an independent and we were renting out buildings and selling tickets and stuff
1: what's it called high it was called high risk wrestling, high-risk wrestling
2: yeah. uh and it was mostly our backyard friends uh who had gone to training or I, nick and i had trained them or whatever and then a mixture of like local local so one of them guys. is
1: brandon cutler one of yes, them was brandon the, cutler yeah, and yeah. his
2: brother dustin and malachi yep so chris comes up to us he's just like hey you know I'm Chris Ken. You're like yeah, no duh. We're like holy crap, he's talking to us, you know. And he's like, uh, he wanted to know a little bit about us. And we actually told him we're like, we actually run a company like three hours from here. Like, would you ever like want to like you Know, do a show for us. <laughs> like, we thought it was a long shot, yeah. And then immediately he's like, Yeah, bro, that'd be great. And we're like, What? He's like, Yeah, let's get let's trade contacts and I'll be in contact and we'll set it up. He's like, Maybe you can piggyback off the next time these guys bring me in and I can just come in. And we're like, Oh my god, this is amazing. We need a canyon. And
3: you know, it's crazy that first show we brought him in, we saw a massive difference massive. between like we were drawing maybe a hundred, yeah. Wow, so that drew for you guys. He yeah. drew us our biggest crowd at the time, it was like 450, I want to say. And we couldn't yeah. believe it. We're all like, Wow. Wow, this
2: does work yeah, <laughs> yeah. and he was so nice and like i remember he, we would do like before the shows we would do like little training sessions he got in there and did a seminar for all of us we're like this guy's the greatest mm. and we took a liking to him to the point where like we're talking to this guy would you say like every day
3: yeah he was giving us advice on how to make it and yeah. just telling us his whole story we were blown away
2: it was yeah. crazy and then like we got to know him a little bit and i don't
1: know i I don't want to say it got weird but like, well, so, so we talked about Chris. Chris was gay in yes. a time just towards the end of when it wasn't. I shouldn't even say cool, but when that, who gives a shit? We right. knew we knew he was gay in the '90s, right? But he would never say it. He was really withdrawn with that. Mm-hmm. And when he finally started telling, "Hey, I'm gay," we're like, "And <laughs> right? Like, yeah?" I'm see,
2: so see, you guys were we're naive kids. We didn't know. Gotcha. And we just we're just like, oh, this guy's really great, and he wants to help us in the wrestling business, right? So finally, one day, he like, he calls me and he's like, uh, listen, bro, I have something to tell you. And I'm like, okay, what's up, Chris? You got more advice on tag wrestling? You know, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, he's like, listen, like, I don't want to sound weird. He's like, but the moment I saw you you at the show, he's like, uh, I, I gravitated towards you because I'm kind of attracted to you. And right away, I'm like, uh, like holy <laughs> crap, What's this guy? He's like, listen, I hope this doesn't change things, but bro, I'm gay. And the I was like, yeah. yeah, I was like. Oh, okay. And like, again, like, I have so many, I have a gay uncle, I have a gay aunt, I've had gay, I have so many gay friends. Yeah. Even at the time, at that age, like, I knew so many homosexual people. It didn't bother me. I was like, okay. But the thing that bothered me was, I was thinking, wait a minute. So were you never really interested in like working with us? You just, were you hitting on me? You know what I mean? The, and then he immediately, he's like, that's the first reason why I did. He's like, but now we're friends, man. And he's like, but. I just want to ask you if you're gay too because I kind—I of, I just feel like there's an attraction here and I had to tell him and I hit a line that I don't know if I used in the book I don't remember you used the book Did I, yeah. I said I said Chris I hate to break it to you man but I'm exclusive to vagina <laughs> to try to pop him yeah. And and I think he did pop, but at the same time, I think he was kind of like let down because he was hoping I was because I was so obsessed with wrestling. I just didn't talk about girls, mm-hmm. and I just wasn't interested yet. Right. Like I, I I believe that Dan and I were going through a breakup
1: at the time or something, so she wasn't really around. Yeah, in the book it said that you were not even interested in girls. At yeah. That yeah, and
2: and like he, I think he might have been let down, but at the same time, he's like that doesn't change anything, man. We're friends. I still want to come in because we brought him in a couple more times. I think. Yeah, and he and he came in, and then I started like. It was, he was getting it was a kind of
3: more depressed. He was getting sad. Yeah. And he would, he would always tell uh, us to pray for him. Yeah. And we uh, did, but yeah. we were like, it was getting like more and more like. Very bipolar. Until it yeah, finally yeah. came
2: down to, I'm just a kid at the time and he calls me one day and I'm about to hop in the shower and he calls me and he's hysterically crying mm. and I'm just like, what's wrong, man? And I can't even get a word in and he's like. Finally, he's just like, I'm thinking about killing myself. I'm thinking about killing myself right now. And I'm just like, Chris, dude, relax. I'm like, what do I say to this guy? Right. I, I don't, I don't, yeah. I'm a child. Yeah. And he's like, just pray for me right now, man. Pray for me. He's like, I don't even know if I believe, but pray for me. And I, so I sit there and I'm praying with him. And like the whole bathroom's filling up with steam. And I'm just, I, I'm just thinking like, I, I'm, I'm almost in shock a little bit. Yeah. So I, I think I talk him down and we get off the phone and I'm just like, that was the most intense thing that's probably ever happened to me. Right. And I'm like, this is getting kind of heavy now. This relationship with this guy, and I, after that, we kind of lost touch a little bit. Like, I think we saw him a, a couple, maybe another time. Uh, we could see he was kind of like falling apart a little bit. Like, he showed up at a WWE show and tried to like do some type of weird like invasion. He showed up thing in the front and row and he was like, driving yeah, around in and the then, fan. Like, yeah, it just seemed like he was kind of losing. I would check in with him, and see if he's okay, but I could just tell something was up. Yeah, and I but I couldn't understand. Again, I was just a kid. I didn't know I didn't know what being manic depressive meant. I had no clue. I had no idea what that meant. Cuz he would tell me that and I it would just it would brush right off me. I'm like, "Okay, what is that? You know, I don't know."
1: Yeah.
2: And uh, and he struggled with it and I we tried to be there with him but we it, it got to the point where like every time we talked to him it was so unsettling and strange. I don't know. It was like we lost contact. We lost for a contact long time. with him. And that
3: was it. And then I, I remember I remember the day we, we found out what happened. I was heartbroken. I remember we were on the road. We couldn't
2: believe it. Dustin called me. That's the, right. Dustin Cutler. He called me. He's like, Did you hear? And I'm like, what? And he told me, and I was just devastated. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just, and even now, like I think back, and at, even at that young age, we're like, could we have helped? Of course, you think like, that. You always think that. Yeah. Brian Cage was a great friend of Chris. Yeah, also. Yep. And Brian, it's, oh yeah, Brian. Yeah, they were the buddies, us. man. Yeah. Yeah. So even I see Cage, I'm always reminded. Yeah. You know, yeah. he does the Who Better thing. Yeah, like, I, does, th- yeah. I think
1: about Chris a lot. He yeah. was just a troubled soul. You know, he was just caught in a strange time. In he was business so good too, man. People don't
2: realize. Very funny. Yeah, very yeah, funny. He, he taught us a lot too. A lot of the stuff in the rings too. I use some of these weird mannerisms, these ideas he gave, he gave me. I still think yeah. about him a lot. Yeah. So yeah. he
1: always called me A O Jericho. <laughs> 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 always opinionated. <laughs> <laughs> a O Jericho. <laughs> yeah. Another yeah. uh, another story, like I said, of the ones that I read that that was seemed like another kind of eye opening experience to yeah. you. That almost seems like it went off the rails a bit. Is your match that you had with Brian Danielson and Roger yeah. Strong? Oh yeah, yeah. It uh, seemed like it was kind of went. Awry, yeah. tell tell what happened on that. it's yeah.
3: funny. uh, Matt has yet to watch that back because he has yeah, such we'll bad it. like memories of it. Uh-huh. That was that was a uh, DDT tournament for PWG, which meant we had to wrestle three times in one night. And yeah. for PWG, those matches were so hard on the body. Wow. And this was the finals, and uh, I believe it was the second match that we had had. We were supposed to be the baby faces, but for whatever reason. The crowd turned on us
2: completely in match 2. In match 2. You know what it was? We were wrestling Kenny and, and Chuck Taylor, the men of low moral fiber, and they were just these What was their name? Yeah. <laughs> they they were like it was like their first time teaming and they, they were two singles guys, but they were two popular hot acts. And people just wanted them to win. And I think at this point we're just the white meat fist pumping come on baby guys that They were over that. They'd seen the act yeah. for Come a on year. baby
1: that'll never get over.
2: It. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they were just like you know what? We've seen this act. These guys are just good guys. They don't have any depth to their character. So they turned on us. And when we beat those guys in the second round, the whole place booed us out of the building. And Brian and Roderick were in the finals with us. And it was a problem because they saw us as the baby still. And they were like, listen, we, we got to get the crowd to sympathize for you guys again. And the way we're going to do it, this is Brian's suggestions. We're just going to have to beat the hell out of you. And we are like, we agreed. we're like, yeah, you're probably right. That's cool. Let's do that. But we had no idea what we just agreed to. <laughs> you know what I mean so we go out there, and and I don't think they knew either what, how bad it was going to get. They go out there, and they're just the ultimate baby faces, and we're getting booed out of the building no matter what. And we don't know yeah, what but, we're doing. They would hit us
3: harder, and it would get a bigger reaction yes. each time. The so more they, they
2: just, hit us, or the more they slammed us, the more they kicked us, the crowd got louder and louder and yeah. louder. And if we fought back, they booed. Oh, wow. So they're thinking, like, well, we just got to hit them harder. We got to hit them more. And they cheered more and more and more. And the idea just backfired. It wouldn't work. And – Instead of, like, just trying something new or just going with the flow, we, they just continued beating us. Mm. And and it got to the point where it felt like it was like we were in a real fight. Where I remember even, like, Roderick would run down the apron when I wasn't even the legal guy. And you would pull me down and throw me into the chairs. And, like, if we're fighting out we're in the seats. So, like At one point, the cutlers were there. And they, they thought they were going to have to... They told me this later. Let us shoot, yeah. they're they gonna have to come down and help us because they thought we were getting our, a fight. our
3: poor wives were in the crowd, yeah, and they were crying their eyes out because they knew that they, they've seen enough wrestling to know, man, these guys are literally getting beat up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was rough. At one point, I remember Nick was getting the elbows from Brian, and Nick was just like, like after the twentieth one or whatever, you're like, That's right, enough. I said, yeah. stop, stop. and, he kept and we were never the wussy types <laughs> yeah. of guys. We took a beating. Like, yeah. I right. took a beating in wrestling school like I would show up like to the point where my mom and dad were like, we're going to call the cops for assault and battery. You have a black eye again, busted lip because like Nick said, we were kind of the arrogant backyard wrestler because they were trying to teach us a little humility. Right. So like we were used to getting our asses beat, but this was next level. Mm. This was like nothing I'd ever even, I don't think I've ever seen since. And like Nick said, I haven't even watched the, the tape back. Cause I'm, just, I don't know. It's weird. It's like, I feel like I've seen a clip before and I get kind of angry again. Mm. And it's like, why would I want to relive that? And, and, and Roderick, came up to us right afterward and he apologized for the whole thing. Yeah, like, I don't know what, what happened yeah. out there. And I know Brian felt bad about it too, but it's like, I'm not even upset with him anymore about it. Like, why would I at this point? Like, I'm still buddies with these guys. But Like, I still look back at that and it was a, it was a learning lesson for me because I don't think... I'll ever do that to anybody because I don't want to ever make a younger talent feel the way that I felt that night and continue to kind of feel, you, you know don't what I don't
3: mean? like ever feeling taken advantage yes. of. And that's how we felt right. after. Yeah. yeah. You when know? you trust yeah. each other
2: with your body. Yeah, it's funny because it's two of the best wrestlers I know, two yeah. of my buddies. That Which is it. so
1: surprising to yeah. me, especially because I, I don't know Roderick at all, but working with Brian, not that I've ever had the great match that we probably could have had, but it surprises me. They just wouldn't have gone with the flow and just turn, right. turn heel. you know, turn, you know, yeah, it's our babyface. You're right. Like,
2: I don't know. Like, I remember Super Dragon at the time because he was a promoter. He was kind of on their side too, though, because he didn't want. He saw us as a babyface act too. Yeah, I remember after the, after the second match, we got
3: back and we went up to him and said, "We got to be the heels yeah. now."
2: So it wasn't really just their fault. Cause I think he was also in their ear going, I gotcha. yeah. "No, they're Cause my babies." It, yeah. Cause we were like their top babyface tag team. So I think there's we a lot the of champions. different people. It was yeah. just a weird thing. I think now in retrospect. All of us would have made a different decision that For night. For sure. And then you, you know, the thing I regret is hitting back. I probably should have just taken it and then like it would have been easier on me. But like I think maybe they thought like, oh, okay, they, these guys are into it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, I really I wasn't. Yeah. yeah it's like that. maybe we made the mistake of doing that and just fighting back. It was, it's
1: the lessons that you learn when yeah. you're coming through the business. Absolutely. You know, we've all had those moments, yeah.
0: right? You mm-hmm. know. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Another thing which I
1: didn't read about but I want to talk about uh, is, is just how you mentioned your merchandise and, and, you know, how the different ones you've had. There's a picture in the book of your very first yeah. yellow oh shirt. Oh, my God. Great. When did you guys – and you, you talk about it, about how important you mentioned that Rami, uh, uh, who may or may not be El Generico, really Sammy Zane. <laughs> yeah, really took it seriously, yeah. Yeah. the merchandising right off the bat. You guys obviously learned to do that, too, because to this day, you're still one of the top-selling merch people yeah. and reinvented the business as far as all the hot topics. And basically, it was one of the reasons why EW was even created in the first place. Yeah. When did you guys start thinking and really get into the merchandise? Man.
3: Probably when we finally started flying out to the East Coast, would you say? Yeah. Like, And seeing uh, El Generico selling, like... And Colt Cabana and Chris Hero and Chris fun. Hero guys like that. We saw their meet and greet lines, and we we're like, "Wait a minute! There's literally no one in our line. What are yeah. they doing that we and what aren't? Were they
1: doing that? You, that you did?
3: They just knew how to connect with the audience. They were very inviting, and like we were shy and we had our heads down. They were
2: interacting like it was almost yeah. like a flea market. Like and we remember. were embarrassed to be there, so we had yes. our
3: head down and we weren't looking, getting eye contact. And these guys were just like. Come on down, come meet us, and right. things like that. And we saw that and we're like, I'm embarrassed to do that. Yeah. But look, they're making all the money, and we aren't. Well,
2: and then they just had better design, that too, and for they sure. were known wrestlers. Yeah, like, we didn't. Yeah. Nobody knew who the hell we were. And
3: but they had a charisma about them. Yeah, and we were like, we need to start learning from these guys.
2: I remember we had a King of Trios weekend, and that was the big like trios tournament that Chikara would run. And that was like a really big learning lesson for us because we saw how big merch could be because we saw. They, those are the only guys making any money on it. Like, they would come back with you know hundreds of dollars in cash, and yeah. we were lucky to sell one or two t-shirts. <laughs> and, and
3: that and was the then, secret, though. They were like, "Our payday isn't much, yeah. but this is the payday—the t-shirt sales." And yeah. we're like, "Really? Okay."
2: And and we did the weekend where it was like night one, we sold one shirt, two shirts. Night, we then we had a really good match though. So then night two, maybe we sold four or five shirts. But then we had a great match on night two. I think Nick's definitely yeah. this four-way famous match with. Generico and Ibushi and Jigsaw. Yeah. So then after that, that's when like we realized like our, our lines were getting a little bit bigger.
3: By night the, three, we sold out on uh, the shirts that we brought. We're like, oh my yeah. god, it, I, because it it people were impressed by your work. That's yeah. what yeah.
2: that's what it, it hit me though. I was like oh my god, like wrestling is kind of like the infomercial. Like right. this is the actual product. Point. You know what I mean? Like we're this is, we're out there we're advertising what we are. We want people to get yep. here to buy the actual product. We took product. a lot from that weekend. And we, we learned. learned we started marketing ourselves a little bit more. It wasn't just we worried about. The, the weird things, like stuff that didn't even matter. We're like, this is what this is our livelihood. No, but, but
1: I was the same when I went to Smoky Mountain Wrestling. I mean, the, the idea was you had to go sell merch yeah. in intermission, and a lot of times we were on. I hated going to the merch table before my match because mm. I come from right. the rock and roll mentalities that you know, Mick Jagger's not at the merch stand before Correct. the Stones, exactly. And they, he's never yeah. at the merch stand. Right. But then you'd see the Rock and Roll Express who were on after us. Yeah selling everything they would buy bed sheets rip them up into 20 20 <laughs> strands write r&r on them and sell them as rock and roll headbands wow. brilliant and and they were all about it and tracy yeah, yeah. some others too and i just like you said i was embarrassed to be that i never yeah. i never got that yeah. part of it thankfully i was only there a short time and i never had to do it again but i would have yep. been the same as you guys so yep. you're right
2: though like it's all about perception right yeah so it's like it's weird to do I it
1: i the, the thought yeah. of that
2: yeah and then like i don't know somewhere along the lines it became like charming to do it, and right. people look forward to it with us at least. It, we, was, it was part of and our act. Then app.
3: we started learning these little tricks. We'd be like, "Hey promoter, can you put us on uh, right before intermission?" And then after our match, we'll go right to right the table. To the merch we'll stand. say, "Follow," we we'll get on the Genius. mic. and Say, "Follow yeah. us yeah. to the table, baby!" Yeah. Yeah. And we just had
1: this killer match. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, "I want to meet these See, guys." That's smart. Yeah, that's what. And that to me would make more sense because you've already you've just worked right Pied Piper to the merch stand, right. and, and you're still hot and sweaty, so you don't have yep. to bother yep. getting energy again but what had worked for us was like we put it it was part of our act the merchant thing,
2: merchandise thing was part of our act so it's like when we were out there they're like of course they're out there this is what they do right. they're the Young mugs, the DIY merch yep. guys so we would be out there before the show we'd be out there at intermission and we'd be, <laughs> out, be out there at the end yeah. and and we would s- sell so many shirts
3: yeah, I remember it was so funny we'd be wrestling like a tag team that was less experienced than us and they'd be scared to death they're
1: like when are they gonna come and talk about the
2: match we'd, match two would be on and we're still out there hustling t-shirts
3: but which we were is, doing it so often four. which is
1: funny because it's the same thing you said that rammy did yes
3: yeah
2: when he
1: was excelling exactly. and, and we were the nervous guys. Yeah, yeah. we
3: learned it from him it's like, so where funny. Is he?
2: come on <laughs> rammy we have a match
3: you know because now we knew we understood it's a business you mm-hmm. know like,
2: but like when you get that sharp and confident it's because you're doing it so much it's because you're doing three to four shows a week and you know your act you could take that act every town and plug it in like, you don't have to overthink it. Like, it's so much different now, like, being on TV every week where it's like every match is seen by a million people yeah. or whatever. And it has to you have micromanage every single thing. There, it was like, these 200 people will watch this or 400 people will watch right. this match. We do whatever we want. Do whatever we want. Exactly. Right. Yeah. We'll meet all 400 of them probably. <laughs> yeah. We'll go to the next time. We'll do the same thing. So we just plugged in our act and we got really sharp at that. We just, we knew, and it was really intimate. So, like, they could hear everything we were saying. So we got really good at engagement. Right. Like, we would be in the ring, and we could literally have conversations with some of the fans, and they loved that. Like, wow, we're part of the show. Like, we started getting good at that character stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's truly when our merchandise started taking off. And when, and when we implemented the merchandising as, as our act, they're like, the Bucks are coming to town. I could meet them. And it beca- it almost became like a campaign for us. Like we were on a campaign trail, and we would show up and shake your hand and kiss your baby. Mm-hmm. So you meet us. Yep. If you, if <laughs> it, it, it was like this weird rite of passage. If you got a, a Young Bucks shirt, you did it. Oh, you you, you yeah. had the full Young Bucks experience. You took a selfie with him and you got a shirt. Like it was
1: part of our act. It's a VIP package. Right? <laughs> it
2: was like a, it was charming almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I met the Bucks. So here's my proof of it. Here's yeah. my T-shirt, and and that's that's what we did. It, it, and the merch thing blew up from that point.
1: As we start to wind down here, I want—I don't know if you wrote about it in the book, but I'm just curious. For my own self, was the hot topic deal? Yeah, because when I was working in New Japan before AEW started, I got into hot topic too. Basically because of you guys and the buyer. And that was some good money for me. And I wasn't selling half of what you guys were selling. Yeah. Especially that I had the Alpha Club or whatever the hell was. That one was huge. Oh, that was everywhere. They made little pins and patches. So how did that all come about?
2: Our our shirts were, they got popular off of Pro Wrestling Tees, basically. That's where everybody picked them up. The
1: Pro Wrestling Tees basically started at the same time as the Rise of the Young Bucks. It seems like it kind of hand in hand. We grew with with them. Yeah.
2: Uh, we were one of the first five wrestlers to open up a shop with, with uh, Ryan Barkin at, at Pro Wrestling Tees. And that's
1: another great idea because he's, he sells by demand. Yeah. You know, you don't have to buy 144. That's little, the secret. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And,
3: that, and all that was like Colt Cabana's brainchild, too. Yeah, that was his idea. Gotcha. Yeah, and he got Ryan into all that.
2: That's when we got really oh, good at making shirts. Col- Colt's a pioneer That's with why all his stuff, face man. is on all the boxes. Right. Gotcha. Right. I was wondering, <laughs> how the
1: hell is this guy on We <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> got really good at designing shirts at that point because... We weren't afraid to try things because we're like, well, if it people hate it, they don't buy it. There's there's nothing in stock. There's no loss. Right. So we started really experimenting with funny things and great right. I- ideas, designs that maybe I wouldn't print up a thousand of them yeah. because maybe I'll get stuck with nine hundred ninety nine of them. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, so we got good at it and any anytime, anytime we would say a thing or do a thing we would have a shirt the next day and there's you could never do that in the t-shirt business it would take weeks to get a shirt yeah and here it is I would say something on a Saturday or have a viral video and by Sunday I have a, right.
1: a, you know, a picture of and a new. that's literally the truth yeah that,
2: and that's what changed the business for us and that's what got our shirts everywhere and and that's when I started going to the wild and seeing
3: young buck shirts we, and we started our YouTube show yes. and that helped a lot too because we would promote our shirts on the YouTube show and say hey they're available now mm-hmm. and we would notice see like how many we would sell when we would release an episode on uh being the elite gotcha. and it we was usually, crazy we'd literally
2: i'll go nick watch this yeah we make the episode live and it's like ding 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 yep. my phone's just going off people buying the shirts like it was insane this is like an infomercial again it was like another way of but, having an infomercial Yeah, but now we had like a platform for everyone to see
3: not just at this indie where 400 right. would see us right yeah so that changed the game was youtube that helped tremendously and people
2: started knowing who we were as as human beings on the YouTube show because we took them behind the curtain right. let them meet our family members or our friends more. the things we did the struggles we had how tired we were and they started going oh this isn't just a couple of kids that like wear flashy clothes and tassels and they do cool moves these are regular people these guys they're they're guys and that's when our meet and greet lines started going crazy even crazier and uh, our t-shirts were like, like 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 nuts and we we're just like what is this and it obviously
3: helped that Bullet Club just went nuts like everyone wanted the bullet club t-shirt we were part of that and that blew up like and you know what bullet
2: club bullet club was like lightning in a bottle because it was like you would heard about it but you didn't know quite what it was you're like Ah, there's this thing going down in japan and it felt underground and hip and cool it was almost like a Fight Club thing. And right. the logo was awesome. Yeah. Yes. yes. And the logo was awesome. And that always helps. So when you, when you have a sweet logo and you have all those things and people are talking about it, a, a buzz. Right? But you don't know really what it is. And it's from Japan. Mm-hmm. Japan's just always cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, that shirt got really hot. So it made us hot in turn. Like We, we realized it. that Bullet Club blew us up. And at, there was a WrestleMania. Uh, I don't know what WrestleMania was. It? It's in the book. <sighs> I'd um, have to look. Yeah. Uh, there's a Wrestlemania where we are the peak of Young Buck popularity Dallas maybe or something maybe like that, yeah. uh, Bullet Club shirts are everywhere all weekend and the buyers uh, it was For Joe Joe and Taffy yeah Joe yeah yeah they were at the show and all they saw was Bullet Club Young Bucks Kenny Omega
3: and you know how Wrestlemania is it's a weekend of just events yeah. so they went to a bunch of the events and they kept seeing they just kept Young Bucks it, kept gotcha. seeing it Bullet Club
2: t shirt. And they were just like blown away. And they're like, we have to get these are the shirts we need in Hot Topic. Like, no offense to all these other shirts. This is what I've seen the most of. So they, they're like, they did some research and they're like, where do, who, where do we go? They found Ryan. And they're like, well, Ryan, for, where,
3: no, you can't leave this out. They contacted WWE. They said, we want the Young Bucks t shirts and the Bullet <laughs> Club t shirts. And yeah. they go, uh, they don't work for us.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Go find
3: someone Steam
1: else. Shooting out of their ears. <laughs> yeah.
2: Right. So they get in touch with Ryan. Ryan tells them, "Hey, yeah, I work with these guys." And Ryan got with me, and and I talked to Hot Topic, and they said we would like to put some of your shirts in our store. We couldn't believe it. And we were it. like, oh, "Wow, huge!" We we're like, "Absolutely!" So we made a deal to get Young Buck stuff in, and Ryan through worked with New Japan. He got a licensing deal to get the Bullet Club stuff in. So they wanted to first. They were just going to start with Bullet Club and Young Buck stuff. And they were going to try it in a couple, of sh- uh, a couple of the shops. It wasn't many. Just to see how it would, yeah, it would do. Yeah, just to see what it would be right. like. And at the 11th hour, they decided, you know what? We're going to throw kennies in there, too, because like, we want the three. So we, we started with the three. And I don't remember the exact number of stores, but they put them out, and it was they, they said they'd never seen anything like it. They were sold out immediately. <laughs> So within, I want to say it was 24 hours, Hot Topic already reached out to me, and they're like, we're going to every store in North America. We couldn't believe
3: it. We were like, oh my God. uh, You have to think, this is the store we go to as children, buying (laughs) WWE t-shirts all the time, (laughs) because that was the place to go at like every mall.
2: I think we went to a Hot Topic to buy those purple bandanas we wore as as Generation Me at TNA. We did.
1: (laughs) And our our pants. (laughs) Yeah. It's all goes full circle, you know. But that was right. the place you go yeah. go rock buy rock shirts there right. or whatever, yep. yeah.
2: And that's what changed the game. It was like, oh, you guys have sort, you, you have merch in, in a retail shop. Like this is big time, mainstream, mainstream. That so changed everything. People for who us. probably didn't know who we were are still are buying our shirts now because they're selling out, and it just made us. It made people go. These guys are legit. And it was another one of those moments where we were like, we were like. The first time we got a crisp one hundred dollar bill, where yeah, we said, yeah. "I yeah. think we made it." Yeah. You know what I mean? Because someone always someone asked us that the other day. When did you make it? It's right. like it's a series of events. There's, There's levels, levels, yeah. and it's like for us, it's like lately, it was like, oh my god, I've always wanted an action figure. Yeah. Check. Oh my god, we made it. You know, I still have to seen my shelf. first house.
3: Yeah. boom, yeah. made yeah. it. Yeah. I, I want my be wife to be able to to quit her job. I'm gonna boom. say the same thing. Like, Things like that. Yeah. It, it's like a
2: several moments where it's like. You finally get to a point where you're like, I, I think we've made it for years. You know what I mean? Like, When do you really know you you, you truly made it? The book. Another, Another. thing I've always yeah. wanted to do since I read Have a Nice Day when I was freshman year in Miss Mirrors class in language arts and it was on the shelf. <laughs> I remember thinking to myself, like, one day I want to write a but
1: book. But you constantly push yourself. Yes. Yeah, and that's the way right. it should be. Yes. That's why you're never, you're never happy. You're happy, but you always you're want You're never more. content. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And
2: you tell yourself that you're like, once I make this much money. Or I make it to this point, I'm truly going to be happy and I'll be fine. It's like yeah. no, it's not true because you you're going to get there going. and you're going to have bigger problems.
1: That's it, yeah, and you're going to want to do more. Gene Simmons told me that because I always want to do more. Yeah, Eugene wow. you know, Simmons. It doesn't matter. You wow. never stop. There's more, there's more to do that's when you're crazy. truly driven. Yeah. you just keep going. Yeah,
2: and you. It, it, it's kind of that's kind of
3: sucks. In well, a way. and we see it with you. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's crazy to see like you've done everything. Yep. Right. You got your own band. You know, you you yeah. have a podcast that's very successful. Yeah. You're still such a great wrestler and it's like we see that's that and we go you know what we could be like that too let's right. just keep yes. driving ourselves yes and you could get more success if you keep working
1: at but do you
2: do you ever get to a point like where you're just like okay i'm cool i just want to chill out well so, so, some it. days i am but like yeah.
1: but like but there's always more challenges and, and right. things around the corner you yeah. know like that's right. what i love about working here mm. is that this really is our company right and if we don't like we talked yesterday about writing some stuff if we don't write the stuff no one's coming up like in wme right, got right. really you were always people were angry what am i doing this week oh yeah. shit but it was done for you correct nothing is done for us here because no, we're exactly. we're in charge yeah. essentially so if yeah.
2: you fail you're failing because of yourself that's right? right
1: and if you don't come up with it's like you said with your book you wrote your book because it's for, it's your voice correct if i don't come up with more ideas for shit for me to do right I, I, I got nothing to do. So it makes it fun then, I it guess. Does. Yeah. It does. It's, it's challenging. A, you yeah. need a challenge. Yes. You do work. have to have balance, though. Yes. You really do. And that's like, that's what I that's struggle with. The, me too. I struggle big time. I get in trouble that. all the time at home for, like, you work too much at home. Sure. Like, when yeah. you're working, work. When you're at home, yeah. don't just sit in the office and right. do shit.
2: It's hard because you're so used to go, 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 go. Yes. Right? And then this pandemic, especially. It's
1: the same for us.
2: Stay home. All of us, really? Like, what? Yeah. I got to yeah. stay home and do nothing? Yes. I'm, so my whole life is on the road or doing something. And there was the whole month where you guys were home, home, <laughs> right. home. home. That must have
1: drove you even more crazy. Right. We, you, know? you
2: go at first, you go, you know what? This ain't gonna be so bad. as yeah. I have needed time off. By day three, because you're, <laughs> we're artists and we're just, uh, we're creative yes. and we want to do something. It's like I'm driving my family crazy. Yeah, my kids are like, Dad, leave me alone. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> like, and you know what? There's silver lining in this. Is I've missed so many birthdays, holidays. Yes. In my 16, 17 year career. Yeah, we've talked about this. is, yeah. it has been so wonderful. I've bonded with my family more than I've ever bonded right. with them ever before. I'm so close to them right now. Yeah. It's been amazing.
1: It's almost like there's going to be separation anxiety. There, and oh there God. Is Every yeah. time well, I we leave do have now. to leave again. Every you time know? I
2: leave, even for this, my kids are like, how many sleeps, dad? I'm like, it's only three sleeps. I know. It used to be 30 sleeps. Yeah, it used to be five weeks in Japan. Yeah, I
1: know, right? Chill out. We had this this week yeah. when we did TV last week and then went to Vegas for a couple I days. So you are gone three days this week? I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> it used to be four days, five days, yeah. every week. Every
2: week. And you know what's yeah. funny now? It's like, God, I don't know. Are we ever going to go back to the old days? Probably not. I don't know. Like, but I, I think about that. I'm like, man, am I going to be able to deal with that?
1: Well, I think for us too, just working here, I mean, it's funny when you think about this. We've been a, a company in a pandemic without people longer than we were a company that with people. Blows my mind. But at least we were always just doing once a week, right? So yeah. we've never, we're still doing once a week. And I feel for you guys. Like you said, you got to take yeah. this trip from Jacksonville to L.A. <laughs> that's a lot every with a mask on. week. Yeah. With a mask on, that's the worst too. That's that's tough. That's tough. I've done a couple of LA trips to this Vegas trip. That's six, seven hours it's with a long the mask time, on. Yeah. Take your mask off, take some water, sir, can you put your mask on? Can of have a sip? Yeah. And they only give you water. Yeah, I know. There's That's nothing genetic. like and then if you if you're traveling right now, there's nothing open. Like nothing. We'll, we'll go to yeah. Atlanta nothing. and there's nothing. nothing. I'm like, I can't even yeah. find coffee
2: in Atlanta. Yeah.
1: And then you got to go from Atlanta to LA, yeah. and like I said, if they're yeah. like, we, I'll buy something and take it with me, but there's nothing open. Nothing, nothing.
3: you know. It's so then and then you're when we to land, do... everything's closed. Yeah. So we're like, Gosh. what do we do for dinner? It's, it's
2: a bizarro world right
3: it really now. Really
1: is. Yeah. Back in
2: the day, you're like, oh, there's, there's gonna be something open. No, not anymore. There's yeah. nothing <laughs>
1: open. It's bad too, and I can tell you exactly the snack to give you. no matter if you're in first class, no <laughs> class. If you're riding with, yeah. the, with the pets, they yep. give you a bag of Cheez-Its, <laughs> <laughs> a bag of those cookies, and a bag of water, yeah, a bottle of water. There you go, buddy. Here's for six hours. Yeah. But there you go, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, can't yeah. you just give me a sandwich wrapped in the same thing? What a, Anything? What a weird. Time. <laughs> I know, right? Well, we're never going to forget this. I know, Never. No. No. no, ever. You know, it, it, it,
2: our kids are going to look back at this and just be like, "Oh my God,
1: what happened to the world?" You we're know? living history right now. Yeah. Right? You know, right? It's bizarre. Um, last question for you guys, because we, we, like I said, there's so much great stuff in the book, and it just can give me a, 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 a shorter answer. What's your favorite story in the book? Is the one that stands <laughs> out oh, for you man. guys? Yeah. For me, like
2: it was really painful to go back at some of these terrible times we had to live mm. <laughs> Where I, I don't know why this is my favorite. Cause maybe I knew we overcame it, right. but I tell a story about how we knew we had to quit TNA because there was no money there and we were basically starving ourselves. And if you, cause if you didn't work, you didn't get paid with the contract we signed mm. up for. It was terrible. And we go into great detail about the terrible contract that we signed. But I was pregnant with my first baby, me and Dana and it was little Courtney and she's, you know, she's on her way, and I'm making no money, and we have to quit this thing. We have to quit wrestling for TNA. And at the same time, I had a side job, which people don't know about. I worked at a machine shop on the side while I'm on television every, like, Thursday wow. night. You know what I mean? And that, went un- that business went under, too, because we were in the middle of the recession. Oh, no. So it was just rock bottom for me. Uh, and I told Nick, we were, I remember we, we'd quit the company. We, we were connecting, I think it might have been in Atlanta, actually. And uh, I I was starved, so I went into a, a Popeyes Chicken and I went to buy a chicken sandwich for like a dollar ninety nine, and my credit card got declined. Oh. And and Nick was already waiting with his receipt because he was before me, and I called him over, and I was devastated, like having to ask my younger brother to buy me a two dollar sandwich. Oof, yeah. So he slid his card and bought it, and I didn't talk f- for that entire flight home. Like I was just devastated, and I came home and I told dana I was like, I have to quit wrestling. I said there's just no way to live. I'm 20 something years old, we have a baby on the way. I don't have a job, I'm unemployed now. Like I have to quit wrestling and and Nick, you know, to credit to him, he he had faith that there was so, there was more, you know, to come for us and he he convinced me not to quit yet and he's like if we're going to do this, let's let's do this right and let's wrestle the way we want to wrestle and that's when we kind of did the attitude switch. Right. And and started not caring and not obeying the weird wrestling rules that we all you know the unwritten rules that wrestlers have to do. <laughs> yeah. And once that you know what, sometimes you have to hit rock bottom
1: to yeah. get to that place. Yeah, yeah.
2: And that was our rock bottom moment. Yep. I think um, it was rough. Even after that, we continued to fail. We had a failed run at ROH. Uh, continued to fail. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad for a long yeah. time. And going back and writing about this, it's it was hard. hard. I, I had to put my brain back in that year, and like. I was crying writing this stuff, and it was devastating. And even though I knew the good, there was a good part coming out of this, like it was hard to go back to that point right. where, like, I would have to look out out of my window every morning when I'm making coffee to see if my truck got repossessed, mm. or like waiting for the note to show up that we're getting evicted out of my apartment. Right. Like but, it was that bad, yeah. really bad for a while. It got to the point where, like, I I, I was like, I was too. I couldn't even ask my in laws like. To, borrow money anymore from them I just couldn't do it like yeah. I borrowed so much from them I was so in debt I had $10,000 in debt on credit cards like it was bad and just just like relive like the stories of us overcoming that and and climbing that 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 slow climb back to success like that for me is feels so good for me like and now I know and I know how the ending is like it, it's a happy mm-hmm. happy ending so like that made me feel good but the struggle is so real and I hope now now it's a terrible time 2020 sucks and everybody's dealing with the hardships and terrible stuff. I think people can read this story, even if they're not a wrestler, a wrestling fan, or just, just anything, and they can take some inspiration out of it. They could see that, hey, I'm having a hard time this year. These guys overcame this, maybe I, there's hope for me. Because right. we were just two poor kids from Southern California, yeah. average size guys, You know, trying to make it in the land of giants at the time in the early 2000s, you had to be 250 pounds and, you know, 6'3 or whatever. And we weren't those guys. And somehow we made it out. And here we are. And I hope people could read that and they could, you know, maybe have a little bit of hope right now Mm -hmm. in this this really dark time called 2020. And
3: they don't even have to be wrestlers to get that take from it. You know, it could inspire anyone in any field of business you know or,
1: right yeah you're know. exactly right is there a, a tale that you like in there
3: I, you know what I'll, I'll try to make it a little shorter uh i think in a sense just to try to be nice to everyone and little did we know being friends with okada in 2009 and tna and having his back would actually help us get our biggest break wow. of our career yep. four years later wow, I didn't know and that. he would actually call us and say hey i uh, I'm a big thing now here. You guys want to come over to Japan uh, because we're friends, you know, and yeah. uh, here you are. Here's a job pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, what? that would probably be my
1: my cool take from it is you never know, dude, you who's never who's going to help you later I on in life. I bought Jotto and Gato a hot dog yeah. in Mexico City in 1993 because they didn't have any money. Yeah. I took them up for lunch. They got hot dogs. I'm like, hot dogs? You can have. You can have the the, the the Salisbury steak if you want. <laughs> right. And here they are, yep. Gato, you know, wow. same thing That's as right you. I'm Japan. 25 years later, I'm yeah. headlining the Tokyo Dome with him as the booker yeah. who got me over there. He just never knows. crazy. Me. Be nice to everybody. Yeah, exactly. Take
2: everybody with respect. Yeah. That's how we've always yeah. tried to be. Yeah. You
1: know? yeah. So Ozzy says treat everybody nice on the way up because you never know when you see them on the way down. Yes, right. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, true, sure. though. Yep. Guys, it's great talking to you always and uh, I'm excited to finish the rest of this book and uh, let's go make some money today. Thanks Thanks for having us on. Thanks for having us on, (laughs) man. (laughs) Young bucks.
3: It's dollars. (laughs)